This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Caves. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.48, the Unknown Associates discovered themselves in the Astral Sea. Alaris had opened his father's puzzle box, the contents of which gave them access to Arvindor, the astral dominion of the god Corallon. Now they're engaged in conversation with the elf god, who's lamenting about the drama of celestial politics. And that's where we'll pick up. What I would love to do is find a way to rip the arcane history away from the relic in order to charge other weapons with it. And if that damned spear is so important, we can preserve its physicality and use its magic somewhere else. That's actually why Shane is here, says Corlon, uh, pointing over to a red-haired, dwarven-looking exarch. He says that Morden has actually made something, like a siphon or a battery maybe, to draw and store arcane energy for, that, for later use. And that dragon, um, pointing at, again, the gold-scaled humanoid, hates the idea. Insists that it's not wise to give such a tool to an entity controlled by a single monarch, and refuses to help if it's headed to the Pandominion. And normally I disagree, but this is an incredible opportunity to cripple orcs in their entirety. What monarch are you talking about? The Pandominion. The monarch. He's talking about making the Pandominion win the war. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm trapped. By directly intervening. Once they're done, would you take back that siphon or just like let them run wild? I had not considered taking it back, but add that to my list of potentials. Yeah, I think that that might definitely solve the the issue. Like if you just, I guess if you're trying to wipe out all orcs on the planet, the, the orcs might not be too happy about that, but... I mean... Oh, no kidding. <laughs> Can I ask why we're wiping out all orcs on the planet? Uh, orc bad. I, I assume because of the history between Corlon and Grumish, right? That's I how mean, you say it, right? I say Grumsh. 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 But whatever. Grumsh. Grumsh. Yeah. Because they want to wipe us out, pretty much. But it doesn't matter if we can take it away, take the battery away from them, because Morden cannot bring the battery that they have to the cusp directly at all. They're teleportation circle has been cordoned off to keep a rogue dwarven kingdom from sneaking in again. Again? They call themselves the Full Forgers. They're eager to get their hands on the schematics of life. Yeah, that tracks too. Cord also makes his dominion in Celestia, and he doesn't see an issue. He's like me and would rather the orcs be pushed back. Taking control of the Fortress of Peace for good and protecting the most people in the long run. It's a great idea. But the dragon reports that Bahamut has Kord's movement embargoed, though, and has blocked off all abilities to move the arcane battery around on Celestia. So I've asked them both, uh, Vindrix and Meadrinker, here to help settle their differences. 
perhaps you can help uh i mean we can give it a shot so wait is, so your overall goal is to get this battery to the pandominion yes and you can't transport it because you don't have a real easy way to transport things from the astral plane to the material plane the Seligen bow is using a great deal of arcana to just make the tools that we're just ha- kind of have just chilling in a warehouse right now no way to get back to the pandominion until our mana is back up <laughs> by yeah. tools you do mean weapons essentially i do mean weapons yes tools for murder i mean if we're from the material plane and presumably are going to go back there at some point in the near future maybe we could help you know just take some stuff with us um, uh. <laughs> I mean, having a means of teleporting magic items that does not rely solely upon our reservoirs of Arcana is an incredible boon. And it would surely turn the tide of the Great Scuffle. The Pandominion could slaughter those damned orcs once and for all. Um... It feels not long ago I joked about stealing the Godblinder. And here I am, presented with the opportunity to in essence, have a weapon of that magnitude, and I find myself not wanting that sort of power to fall onto the cusp. Yeah. Can we have a minute? I need to make an aside. Sure. <laughs> Would you excuse us for just a moment? Absolutely. Alaris, come, come over here. Um, Coralon re-enters a conversation that they had apparently paused, <laughs> as just as if that convo had never ended. Yeah, we huddle. <laughs> I... Okay, so yeah. does that sound like um, genocide to you? Because that sounds That's like exactly genocide to genocide. me. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like orcs as much as the next dwarf, but I never thought of like wiping the whole dang race out. What they're doing right now is kind of like messing with supply chains, right? I don't... They're not... I don't think... I well, hate he, he, this. The way I understand it, Coralon has the weapons, and he needs the thing from Moradin to, like, make more or, like, siphon the power from the Godblinder. But Hamlet's like, nah, y'all shouldn't do that. And he's, like, stopping Moradin from, like, working with Coralon, which is why they have, you know, their people here to try to hash it out. But I... celestial politics aside for all that I have issues with Kolgafir I am literally a refugee from Kolgafir I hate this I don't like this at all this this is the kind of thing that makes me mad already I don't like these powerful beings playing around with other less powerful beings lives and i certainly don't necessarily want the pandominion to have access to something that can be that powerful i mean yeah at the moment they're on more or less friendly terms with the watched forest but i don't trust them to keep it that way It feels almost more callous in that it is this, like, celestial game of chess. Yeah, like, it's literally just coming from Coraline not liking Grumpsh. Yeah. And it's like, well, you created orcs. I don't like you, so I'm going to wipe out what you created. How many years ago was uh, that? Thousands of years ago. Yeah, so... Eons. It's not even... It's not even quite just that, because there is some basis for wanting to fight back against Kolgafir. Like, they're literally invading. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, it is simultaneously, like, 
a little oversimplified and more nuanced than it is likely to be discussed. Um, because like at the at the at the level of you know Coralon and and Grumsh, it's, it's simple. They just, they just yeah. don't like each other. But like the the real mortal impact of those feelings and decisions have spurred a conflict that is also exists even if they were to just immediately vanish. Like, the conflict is already going, and it would still be a problem, I think, even if Coraline and Grooms just disappeared. Right. There's a geopolitical struggle going on right now that also probably has its own goals and motivations, even if it's being yeah. spurred on by I mean, these gods. Which is exactly what I think Coraline was talking about with the Archbishop of the Springwood, because he mentioned how they weren't using the teleporter to transport the magical items there because they didn't want to give up the power that is in the godbinder already because the, you know they view it as a very holy and sacred artifact and Coraline's just kind of like well it's my spear I, if i want the power i can just take it it's actually grumptious spear huh grumptious spear. it's actually grumptious spear grumptious spear that yes Coraline used to made important <laughs> i alaris i don't want to do this Fair? then that's not i don't want to i don't want to help Coraline with this that's fine. I mean, like, that's just me. I think I was just a little awestruck, I guess. And at the same time, like, I, I guess it's also potentially, like, too much power. This These type of things are probably too much power for even us, to, you know? Like, we're just people. Like, um. Well, I think that's what's bothering me so much, Alaris, is apparently so are they. They're not any better than us. I kind of expected more. I see what you mean. I do worry that whether we help Corlon or not, this is a plan that is in motion and it's not going to stop. Like, Corlon is probably going to find a way, whether we're involved or not. Corlon does seem pretty determined. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's something where if we decide to assist Corlon, then at least we know that the power is in our hands. You know, like for instance, we don't want to wipe out all of the orcs. Correct? Agreed. Correct. Maylan is nodding her head. Right, no one wants to commit genocide. So what I'm saying is if we say, Corlon, we'll help you out. We'll get your powerful things back to the material plane to help you win the great scuffle, help the Pendominion win. And then we make sure since we have the supposed portal that can bring us back here, we make sure that the powerful magical item, when we're done ending the great scuffle, then we will just bring it back and be like, no harm, no foul, you know? And we don't let it fall into the wrong hands. I mean, I'm not convinced Corlon isn't the wrong hands. That's the point I'm trying to well, get but at it's, here. I mean, it's already magical power that exists in the world and Corlon is the creator of all things arcane <laughs> like <laughs> yes but apparently Coralon can be thwarted by a single individual for what for better or for worse the gods have well been then we don't bring the it back to Coralon we, we bring it back to Bahamut you remember what Coralon said moments ago about Cord. now Cord doesn't see the issue of using that power to push back the orcs and in the verbatim of Coralon, taking control of the Fortress of Peace for good will protect the most people in the long run. So like, 
Cord's good with using it, but then does not want to push farther. Yeah, so we use the power, take back the Fortress of Peace in the Great Scuffle, come back and be like, all right, Cord, you said you're not going to use this or whatever. Here you go. We could blow it up. We could blow it up. I don't know. You could just destroy uh, the thing. Sure, we could also just destroy the thing once we're done using uh, it. Mm, aren't you a paladin of... No, you're Bahamut, a paladin not, of Bahamut. Not Cord, yeah. Bahamut is opposed. I'm not sure if he disclosed exactly why. Which I kind of share that sentiment. I mean, it sounds like it would create a pretty big imbalance as far as who is, has more power. Right now, it seems Bahamut has a pretty good check on Corlon. Bahamut pretty much acts as the hegemon to keep everybody else from gaining too much power. And, like, things aren't currently perfect. Like, things are not perfect in the cusp right now, but seems like a lot to unleash on it in terms of tilting the balance towards one god. I would be lying, Alaris, if I said that I... I'm also not considering what this would mean in our venture to usurp King Greysunder. Because obviously this would be a great asset in the yeah, long run, too. I agree. It would it would also help with overthrowing Greysunder for sure. I don't trust the Pandominion to not use this against everybody. We're not going to give it to the Pandominion. Oh? That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying we're going to use it. Oh! Like... Us to take the fortress of peace and usurp Greysunder, like the twags. Yes, like the twags. We're gonna use it to end the great scuffle. Oh, you're not. And then we're gonna bring it back and get rid of it. Would Corlon consider the great scuffle ended if we didn't like obliterate the orcs? The great scuffle. To be fair, is not Corlon's war. Oh, it's just the. It's the Pandominion's okay. war. Corlon, they are just doing their part. That also benefits as their, the ally. Yeah, yeah, their and, yeah. goals. I feel the powers shifting in the favor of Greysunder, and subsequently in Kolgafir, we know that their hands in the same pot, right? Yeah, this could help us. Right now, the Pandominion is going to probably lose this extended conflict because not only are they on a war with Kolgafir currently that it seems to be pretty deadlocked but Kolgafir we know is about to get reinforcements from her dearth and is either going to be a fighting a multi-front war or b going to be fighting warforged on top of the Kolgafirian army and so I think if we balance the power ourselves we help overthrow Greysunder and we help in the great scuffle then we get rid of this magical power and everything goes back to being level again. Alric, Morlinde, I'm not asking you to accept what me and LRS are proposing here, but I am asking you to trust us and that we'll try to see this through to the best of our abilities. I find myself struggling because on the one hand, I can see the potential good that could come of this in terms of we are in an open conflict there are sides it's a thing that must be dealt with and like we are actively trying to overthrow grace under apparently for the good i guess but i i don't like or want this kind of power 
I, I don't like being the one to make decisions that impact somebody's lives because yes because i'm currently mad at the people who are already doing that who better to have that kind of power then i mean i suppose but i don't i don't think anyone should i'm not sure we have any more right to use it than anyone else does neither do i i'm not sure it should be wielded but it exists I agree with you in theory that no one inherently should have that much power. I agree with you. But if the power is going to be used regardless, I guess part of me is also feeling like this whole you've got destiny in your blood and this feels like a moment where destiny is calling. Again, I I can see I can see the practical need for this, which is why I'm conflicted and not just like outright against it i guess i i am genuinely ambivalent i don't know what i think should be done here because i'm not sure i like anything because if we do just leave it somebody is going to deal with this and it is going to impact our lives and probably in a much more negative way than we are currently anticipating Mm more linde i can see a lot of ways that this could go wrong but I also would rather it be in our hands than anyone else's. So we just have to make all of the ifs work in our favor. I want to turn to Alaris, look him straight in the eye, (laughs) and say, promise me we won't all burn for this. I mean, I promise. I will agree to this and I will follow in this, but I am committed to following this to the destruction of this when we are done with it. Yeah, I agree. And I will die on that hill. Grimton, give me a perception check. Not 20. Hey! If ever there was a moment! You see and feel the eyes of Vindrich, the gold dragon exarch, on you. With an eye ridge raised. I, uh, <laughs> I meet his gaze. I think there's a dis- distinctly visible, like, disgust on Grimton's face. Like, his face says, I know, I know, and I'm sorry. He pauses whatever conversation he is in and walks forward to the one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. Plus the silent accompaniment of- Seven of us. I don't think that we're familiar with each other. No, I don't believe so. Carlon said you were Vindrid, Exarch of Bahamu. Yes, of the Platinum Dragon himself. Praise. What brings you here? Uh, a fantastic coincidence, I guess. Uh, my friend here, his father, was a professor and developed a tool that now we know is a way of coming here from the cusp. Here we are. I didn't expect that <laughs> when I woke up this morning, but uh, it's nice to meet you. Surprise! Tell him who you are, Grimton. Grimton, steady hand, red cape, and paladin of Bahamut. He offers a hand to you. I take it. Corlon made a brief mention of why you're here. It appears that Bahamut and Moradin and Kord are 
not on the same side of whatever seems to be happening here. Yes, it's quite unfortunate. I would certainly prefer all of Celestia be a unified front, but gods are gods. There's tensions. Can you help us out? I would be happy to help in any way I can. What does the Platinum Dragon make of things? Goals are to see justice done by eliminating injustice. I think we might be able to help. What's... What are his... His? What are Bahamut's pronouns? His. What are his reservations of, Where does he see the injustice? Of helping Coral on here. <laughs> Bahamut is skeptical of giving any vast amount of power into the hands of any single group or especially a single individual that would head a group, that individual in this case being the Empress Vimana in the pandemic. As are we. Myself and Dolores here were at a similar crossroads with our other traveling companions. This is Alric and this is Morlinde. Fletcher? I just wave. We think that it might be best if we played a role in this and took the power that Corlan is trying to give to the Pandominion and use it ourselves to try to restore the balance to the cusp by taking back the Fortress of Peace and usurping Grace Under from the throne of her dearth and then destroying that power before anyone else can lay their hands on it. How? I don't know yet. You read my mind. Not an easy thing to do. The first question would be knowing exactly what this power that Corlon wants to wield is specifically to understand how best to utilize it as a tool to achieve a balancing of the powers. Because that is, at the end of the day, I feel like what everyone wants is the natural order to basically be restored to the way it was before the Great Scuffle. I would say that the natural order is disorder. (laughs) That's also fair. It is much more natural for the world to be at conflict than at peace. What I mean is the Platinum Dragon's justice is... Not a unity under one form, but a harmony of many forms. I think I understand what you mean. I'm glad you do. <laughs> and anyway, that is our current idea. Does that align with the the needs of Bahamut? Do you think we would have Bahamut's blessing in this? I have felt your heart, and I sense that it is good. And he says that with a capital G. I trust your intentions. Whether or not you have the resolve to resist your own urges that are only natural when one has access to that power is questionable at best. That's a reasonable critique. (laughs) I can't say that I'll know what happens. I'm not foolhardy enough to know that. But I think what I've learned so far in my old age is that if I so happen to go down that path... There's going to be someone ready to strike me down as I struck down the one before me for the sake of justice and for the sake of balance. And (laughs) I think Bahamut's starting to make a little bit more sense to me. And it would be Bahamut that would strike you down. Hey, friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.49. This is a whole new level of conflict that the party is vastly unprepared for. It's supposed to make them feel uncomfortable. 
It's supposed to feel far beyond the scope of what the characters consider important. It should make the gods feel completely detached from lived experience and mortal reality. If this episode of Celestial Chess was making you squirm too, good! That's what we're going for. There's purpose in that. Do you ever wish you could have a physical copy of one of the dozens of models that you have saved on Hero Forge? Do you want to buy unique miniatures for your tabletop games? Well, you can do both now with Cosmic Blues Minis on Etsy. They can custom print STL files for you and even paint them for a price. Follow them at Cosmic Blues Miniatures on Instagram and their shop on Etsy, Cosmic Blues Minis. Um, use the coupon code ADVANTAGEDND, no spaces, all caps, and get 15% off your order. Y'all, I'm so excited about having this sponsorship again. We do Theater of Their Mind for Advantage, but I am a sucker for an in-person tabletop gaming session. Uh, I've literally got a tackle box full of minis um, and a rogue mastermind that I play in an IRL campaign that I would love to have printed. If you want to get in touch with us, our handle for all social media is at AdvantageDND on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, literally everything. Thanks to the people who've recently left reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use. Uh, if you need a link to the Darkmore Podcast Network's Discord channel, you can find one down in the doobly-doo. You can easily get to Advantage and all our member shows, like The Misadventures, Fun But Why, How Friends Roll, uh, DM Shower Thoughts. All of them are wonderful companions of ours. Our friends at Playing Out of Character just released their first episodes of their second season, which features, you'll never guess, your favorite gnome-playing Advantage cast member, Stephen Sibbles. Be wary, we have good company. Oh, there's webs everywhere in this sewer. Yeah, but there weren't webs there when I left the sewer, so these are new webs, which means the skittering ones are nearby. Show some respect. If you left, you went the opposite way, so you might not have seen the webs on, on, the, on your way out. Well, whether or not I went in one direction or the other, I would have seen cobwebs. You forget yourself, Terry. You forget yourself. You're speaking to your future king, you know. This this loser thinks he's king. Well, if I may, uh, what evidence do you have of this of the, of the, of the skittering ones are coming close? Well, I was like, I hear, I heard it, I saw it. I'm not crazy here. Okay, so you heard. Because, I mean, there's webs. I didn't see that there wasn't a web before. Listen, there's webs and there's sounds. And maybe if those two are separate, it wouldn't be a big deal. But when you put the two together, you gotta think they're spiders. Now, am I alone in this here? I think he's got a point. Well, we'll see if there are any spiders. Well, how about this, Terry? Why don't you go first? Playing out of character, season two, Downfall. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. I guess we'll go talk to Coralon then if we're agreed. Doing the thing with the big scary weapon with plans to destroy said big scary weapon. Yes. Do good recklessly. <laughs> uh, so I'll just walk back up to the table with where Coralon- Oh, they're not at the table, is. please. Oh yeah, they're definitely- They're lounging out on a blanket. Sure. Some pillows maybe. They got some cushions. I will go to Corlon's beanbag chair and <laughs> <laughs> blow up furniture. They break away from their uh, conversation. 
and turns to you with an expectant face. Did you come to a resolution? We want to help. Delightful. Well, the battery itself is currently back at Celestia. Mead Drinker was hesitant to put it uh, into the vulnerable Astral Sea without its guaranteed transportation, because, you know, who knows what Ganassi pirates or demons from Asmodeus would do with a tool if they seized it. Mm-hmm. So, return with Venrich and Mead Drinker to retrieve it from Celestia, and then, then what's your plan? Can we just get back from anywhere, or do we have to get back from here? Y'all... We don't know yet. We'll go retrieve the battery and then try to go back to the material plane from there. And if not, then we'll come back here and we'll go Wait, back home from here. Was there like a physical portal pool thing that we came out of here? It was like the waiting just... pool. Kind, kind of. Yeah. The refle- it was a well, wasn't that kind pool. of? Was that an accident or can we actually use that? We'll figure it out. <laughs> I have faith in us. <laughs> uh, okay. I did have a question about the difference between the spirits and the gods. <laughs> or Linda doesn't say anything. That was my question, and I was too afraid to ask. Corlon laughs and smiles, and you can tell that they're like looking back at fond memories. In truth, <laughs> I was among the first primordials there when the gods emerged and the astral sea was formed. And my siblings were largely beings who reacted with rage and destruction. And I was I was among those who insisted, just naturally responding with joy and wonder. And I was in awe of the world that was created by the split with the gods and wanted nothing more than to play in it too. So I left the chaos. My primordial siblings had been wearing on my heart and I needed change. I spent some time communing in the wonders of the cusp on my way somewhere else. And I loved it there. Parts of me stayed behind. But I knew that was not where I belonged. And over time I arrived in the astral sea Gods were skeptical of my motivations, understandably, but eventually they learned to trust, or at least tolerate me long enough. And so I gave up my place in the elemental chaos to become a god in the astral sea. I am happier here, I think, though not as happy as I was on the cusp between the two. Parts of my kind will forever linger there. Does that answer your question? I kind yeah. So so you're saying that you in a way made the spirits? Or at least some of them is what it or sounds like. At least like. some of the spirits? Or are spirits beings that are in between like the chaos and the astral sea? A little of both? I think this would be a good time to get out your genogram. Sure. Morlinda, you look at the genogram and you see the diamond. Yeah. TN. True neutral. And its bonded relationship with CG. CG. Chaotic good. And that's that's a really direct... It appears to you, following what you know about, like, family trees and stuff... Chaotic evil 
and chaotic good broke off from one another. And on the journey had Pink X relationship with lawful neutral and spawned in like classic genogram sense an unwedded child uh, between the two forming true neutral the spirits the gods and the primordials made the spirits not i don't think that's exactly it i think like they're left the spirits are gods or primordials experiencing the curse. Do you think it's the primordials in their, in their in-between state between from the elemental chaos to what would become maybe godhood is what you're saying? Yes. Based in Coraline's story, yeah. he is describing himself being a primordial. Yeah, um, they started going to the cusp and being a spirit for some amount of time, and then eventually ascending to godhood. Yeah, it's important to realize these labels that we've put on these entities are just for our sake of like classifying mm. them rather than like their existence. Coraline nods at that, and looking at the paper says, I have rightfully been described as chaotic good, yes. Though this is the first time that I've experienced a, a question probing directly or indirectly about a chaotic place in the Astral Sea. Huh. I would not say that the spirits on the cusp are transient primordials. I would say that in the transience of me and other, (laughs) in the language of this paper, chaotic good primordials brought a certain life, a certain spiritual, pun intended, essence that remains alive and is flourishing on its own. Sure. So more like an like an echo or an image that has become its own thing. That feels more correct. Which would explain why there are similar features. Seems like there are spirits and gods that are for the same things and are basically the same images. Like Ioun and the Grandmother Spider. Did you have any more fun questions to ask a god? <laughs> Man, this is this is cusp-shattering yeah. stuff here. Well, uh, Coraline, I guess I just have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in your, uh, have you? I, I guess do you have an exalted here? Uh. By the name of Elafir. Geldrum? Mm-hmm. I've heard of Elafir Geldrum. I knew of him from his accomplishments in the Arcane. It wasn't until after his death that I'd heard of his love for the human. Of course, I don't mind his romance. It bothers me a great deal, actually, that some of my followers were so zealous about their own boundaries that they can't see good wherever good is. But unfortunately, Elifir Geldrum's family did not give him Sylvan last rites. I was unable to claim his soul for the idol pool without them. 
the family didn't give him last rites actually, period. And his soul was left to wander its way to find Latherna. I see. Essere is shaking her head, mouth agape. Because, like, she had not even known of Elifir's existence at all until you showed up. Um, so this must be taking a weird toll on her. I think Alaris is uh, getting a little a little choked up. Yeah, that's a big old like pile of sad right there. Yes, it is. Like, I see. Thank you for letting me know. I'm just gonna walk away. To the rest of the party, then. Corallon is going to nod and acknowledge the, the sadness and ask the rest of you should I reach out to the Raven Queen to see if we could find his soul in attendance? Or would that be too much? I can't speak for Alaris, but I could see him wanting that opportunity. Yeah. Is it possible to, like, re... to, like, do the correct last rites for someone after they've been wandering? Unfortunately not. Okay. Not without their body, at least. I will have an exarch have that information ready should Alaris want it. If you could find a way to inf- inform him or give Alaris the opportunities to ask about it again, I will have that information for you next time. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I follow Alaris. I guess our next step is to get on a boat? It would appear so. Jeez. We should ask how long this is going to take. Yeah, how long does it... Is time real? <laughs> Since Ulrich is with Alaris now, I think that Morlinde and Grimton and all have stepped aside from Coraline and are just having this conversation yeah. amongst yeah. the two of them. So I think it does mean... I mean, in theory, Coraline doesn't have a timeline for this. He doesn't expect this to be done post-haste. Like, So I think we can go back to the cusp and take care of, I guess, finding the princess and maybe potential war-forged invasion and then come back. Okay. And handle this. <sighs> You're proposing we go back to the cusp right now, back to what we were doing, and then come back eventually to the Astral Sea and pick up the battery? No, you could just be jilting a god in doing that. Hearing everyone talk, I'll just come out of my sort of gloomy state. But why don't we just ask the dragon deva, Vindrich, them how long it would take to go to and come back. Yes, that's true. Hello again. Hello. Uh, Vindrich. Yes? How long would it take to go to Celestia? C- Celestia and back here. Do you guys have time? Yeah, it's difficult to say, right? <laughs> I have to do some transcribing. Two cusp days? Okay. Okay. How long is that here? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think time is like a, a, a thing. Fair enough. Mm. I, I should say I don't think time is measured here. Would you prefer 
us come with you to get this battery. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. You're coming with us? No, I, I, I was... Yeah, we don't really know what the expectation is. Did, I didn't realize we were taking another crew or that the battery was even coming to... I guess that should have been my first question. I think that you guys and Coraline should talk, I guess. I guess maybe I, I put the cart before the horse, <laughs> as they say. Uh... But yeah, I, I think that the goal was... <sighs> For us to get the battery at some point in the near future. Ah, Fine Rich is displeased. Understandably. I'm going to need a few moments with Coraline. Understandable? (laughs) We'll be over here. I find a (laughs) bottle of wine. (laughs) Drinking and waiting. Sitting in the garden like Tommy. Uh, I want to know what the other three think about what's been going on. Maylin is absolutely along for the ride and loving being in tandem watching you do your work alaris in particular but the four of you in general inchel is the the freshman college kid is like this is a wild field trip that i had no idea that i was gonna take today (laughs) (laughs) incredibly wide-eyed at everything and like having a hard time believing what's going on like how old is inchel 19 that's like super young yeah Uh, like, that's 19 for elf. Yeah. Baby. Baby elf. SRA is biting her tongue. And I think as you're pulled aside together, she's looking around. You can't give anything to the professors when we get back. Do not give anything to them. We need to protect this treasure. Not donate it to an academy or whatever. Yeah. 100%. I wasn't going to give it to them. I know they're going to try that. Take it, probably. Yeah, thank Yeah. Obviously. The worst part is that, like, by the looks of it, with that eyepiece, the portal only works with the telescope in the Azure Keep, and you can't exactly, like, hide that or take it with you. And it's just, like, useless, or you're out adventuring, or whatever it is that you do. Sure. Well. Yeah, oh, well. With, it depends, right? If the magic is in the screw-on piece, then I think as long as you made a telescope that it could be attached to, then it could potentially work, right? If the magic is in the eyepiece and looking at the particular constellation and that's what activates it, mm-hmm. then intensive purposes, it doesn't really matter what telescope. It just happens to be that that telescope is probably the one that my dad was working with. And so then happened to make his magical item attached to that. But say we went to, I don't know, the legacies and we're like, hey, can you make me a telescope with a end piece that this can screw onto? I had not even thought of that. Then we could make a smaller portable sized telescope and take it with us anywhere. Hey. That would be interesting. What a dangerous also, power. I was about to say that, actually. I was thinking that the second we get back, you ought to take the cloth off the floor and hide it, and I'll take the eyepiece because you can't go anywhere without both the cloth and the eyepiece. So, like, if you if you were mugged or something... Yeah, that would be very bad. You'd lose obviously. both. Mm-hmm. But I guess you might as well lose both, because if you also lose one, it's still useless. But at least only losing one keeps the power from the other person. You're not just, like, giving them a loaded wand. I guess I hadn't really thought about the aspect of having it taken away from me. Yes. Also, I'm taking my ring back. Okay, sure. Dad's gonna be pissed. I mean, technically... I lose the family ring. Like, I I know I mean, it's technically te- yours and whatever. Yeah, I get it. But the family considers you dead 
and you only needed it to open this thing, I think. Yeah. I'm, t I'm taking the ring back. Sure, here you go. I don't, it's, yeah, it's just a ring. A ring of a family I've never really known, so. But that, from behind you, you hear the footsteps of Vindrich coming up. Two plans are in motion. Could be in motion, depending on how you would like to swing this. Do you intend to go with us to Celestia and retrieve the battery? Or would you like us to retrieve the battery and meet us here? Uh, I guess whatever's more convenient for you. Don't give me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't my podcast. Pirates. <laughs> um, Grimton, what do you think? This is this would be more, I guess, your domain. Do you want to go? Uh, do you want to go see um, Celestia? Do I want to go meet the dwarf father? I mean, a little, yes. Is, is that why you're asking me, Alaris? Well, then let's go. Yeah, I mean, we've already met one god. Yeah, might as well just meet the whole pantheon. <laughs> okay. Any objections? Inchel says, I have class tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Inchel, I, I do think that in general, your professors, several of them being there, would understand <laughs> if you weren't in class tomorrow. <laughs> that being said, there's a non-zero chance for space pirates. I would understand if you don't want to be there for that. Space Pirates. <laughs> Treasure Planet was a really cool movie. Treasure Planet was an incredible movie. Yeah. I, love I that feel movie. really bad for the directors of that movie. And Treasure Island is a really wonderful book that has a lot of legacy power, even for those who haven't read it. Because that's where tropes like parrots and peg legs and eye patches and yep. tattoos and yar come from and X marks a spot and everything. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Uh I could be a space pirate. What if I gave up everything and became a space pirate? <laughs> that's that's a that's a bridge you have to cross when you come to it, I guess. A space bridge. Indeed. Ezra is a space pirate, right? Like she's pretty beep. cool. Until do you want to go back? It's okay if you do. No one's gonna judge you. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. I'm okay. gonna go back. All right. What about Ezra and uh, Malin? Malin. Oh, honey, please. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Are you kidding? Space pirates for Malin. Got it. Um, and Ezra rolls her eyes at Inchel, saying that he wants to go back, knowing that it now means that she also must go back. <laughs> Wait, why? Because she's his cousin. So? And the closest thing that he has to a guardian right now. And you're on a field trip in space, in the Astral Sea, so like that's a pretty high stakes thing. Fair. I think I trust in Kali Orlik and the Ormains to take care of their end on the cusp but I'm I think they would understand the gravity of things at play here so they're fully capable I trust them as other members of the red caves to not let the cusp just go go bad in the couple go go bad to go go bad in the couple days that we're doing this and I'm gonna tell myself that the entire time that we're doing this. <laughs> gotta, you gotta tell yourself some lies.
Remember when we th- when we thought the pandemonium was America, but it's actually the Middle East and the celestial realm is America. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where the hell you were going with that. <laughs> I as soon as as soon as Coraline was talking, I was like, "Oh, look, American imperialism." <laughs> like <laughs> I like Auric is mad. Um like hearing hearing Coralon talk so brazenly about wiping just out an wiping race. out an entire race. Genocide. It's 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 weird, you know, because like Auric doesn't doesn't like the the Kolgafarians necessarily. Like we were having a good time before they decided to screw things up. But like this is definitely there is no ethical consumption <laughs> for capitalism. Like that's yeah. how I feel right now. The same degree of powerlessness <laughs> I have in the United States, I feel here on the cusp. Promise me we won't all burn for this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I promise. I, I guess. Um, I could not. Do I appreciate that. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> Did everybody in the cast understand the relevance of that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Okay, just make it true. Now just I'm gonna sure. burn down the place. <laughs> 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 Everflame just appears next to you Little and lights the cast yeah. Arvindor on fire. Surprise! Yeah, like... <laughs> Jared, what the... <laughs> or, okay, I, when you first uh, said that, that we, like, came out uh, of the pool or whatever and, like, heard laughter, I was like, I hope it's Orlando. I hope it's Orlando Beach. Surprise, like, scum! <laughs> yes! That's what I wanted so much but I am committed to following this to the destruction of this when we are done with it yeah Ooh. I agree and and I will die on that god hit. damn it stop saying god. shit like that gods this is a fantastic and that's how we got Ulrich into arc 3 <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say the exact opposite this is exactly the moment where the listeners know Ulrich and Merlinde are not making this <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess that's also fair. Me, myself, and Dolores here. I love that podcast. (laughs) Me, myself, and Dolores. (laughs) And it would be Bahama, the one that would strike you down. Ooh. Threats Arc basically six. directly from a god. Can, can I can <laughs> I just it. can we go out of game for just one second? We're so far out of our depth. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's what I mean. so we're all just like standing here like we don't even know what we're doing. Like it like we're we're right now what happens when imposter syndrome is just accurate. Uh, you just got threatened by a guy who like, works for a god. Like Yeah, he just said um, if you fuck up Bahamut's gonna kill you personally. It would be even more accurate to say that I was almost directly threatened by a god. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon's away. What was my promise to you, Zach, about the contents of the uh, puzzle box? Uh, that it yeah, was something ridiculously up. powerful, um, and the earlier we unlocked it, the more powerful it would be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this tool is game-breaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I trust you with it, because I want to tell an incredible story. You don't, you don't have to follow this road that I've currently, uh, that is currently being presented to you, and you can take that road wherever the hell you want. But, like, just even the fact that you have the tool of can get to 
astral plane. Yeah. Very easy is the game breaking part, let alone what you do with it after that. Obviously, yes. Like just being like, all right, well, I guess let's uh, just it's it's a it's a clear night out. Like let's let's go talk to a god for a little bit. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that this side quest is like surprisingly not a side quest. (laughs) Actually, the whole story before then was a side quest. This is the main quest. Well, it was a preamble. It was a preamble. Who's to say that? Who's to say that? Uh, like fighting Mavroth was a side quest. I know that the the title of the episode <laughs> is a, a routine side quest, parts one and two. But like, yeah, you use the materials substantially in the show. Like, where where would this podcast be? Would you even be in the astral or in the Azure in, Keep? The Azure Keep, if you didn't have the wings from Mavroth, you know, yeah. like if if you hadn't had the. Uh, the Tyrant's Bane skiff as access, and you got the ring-a-ling-ling from uh, Lieutenant Colonel Eric Atria and said, hey, can you come to the Azure Keep real, real quick? You'd just have to say, "Sorry, no, I can't. Like, I, I just, I literally can't. can't. Man, if 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 we're having, like, this much of an epic journey... Yeah, how's A-Team doing? Because, like, because like, like, we're, we're the... Uh, this, I feel like, like we're, we're, this episode... Them to, like, check in, like... <laughs> I am this might be like, where B Squad overtakes A Squad. <laughs> nah, A Squad is like elbows deep in the abyss right now, just doing work, <laughs> just fighting yeah, Orcus head on. on. A, A Squad is currently in the ninth layer of hell, fighting Asmodeus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna get back, and they're gonna be like, "So, how That's was your cool. part?" Like, they're all really buff yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, like aged, yeah, like all sorts of faces, scars. One to twenty, how do you feel? And we're like, we're like exfoliated yeah. when yeah. we, we go back. The like fingernails done. How was the astral sea, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Can that be our our beep from now on? <laughs> beep. <laughs> Can Coralon's beanbag chair be? be a magical item like a real oh yeah like named like item okay that's canon it gives plus five relaxation i did ask for beans that's that's true (laughs) i'm gonna give you the beans i'm gonna give you the beans (laughs) we all agree so we do that and so you Uh, arrive at celestia No, wait. Marlon is no, seriously, no, he's no, serious wait, concerned stop. about being trapped in the 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 this plane forever. But, but I don't want to leave yet. I was I was gonna ask more questions. Shit to no. do. Oh, you had more. I'm. I'm so, I was just joking, friend. Like, <laughs> no, no need to be concerned. You obviously you're not just gonna teleport to like. There's a whole journey. Like it's got to be at least another ten freaking episodes of this. <laughs> What are your questions? Two you freaking episodes of being princess. in the astral sea. It might, I don't know, but you might be the most enlightened uh, <laughs> presiding druid ever that's ever presided, Orlinde. Yeah, probably about to be the most skeptical one too. Man, yeah, like you, you finna come out of Plato's <laughs> cave hard. Here. I don't know if there's a reason to be skeptical. Well, it's like, it's. I'm glad I know this, um, and I don't think it changes much. 
Uh, it doesn't really change anything, but it's interesting to know the the history. The the full story. Yeah. Alifir's existence at all until you showed up. Um, so this must be taking a weird toll on her. I think Alaris is uh, getting a little a little choked up. Yeah, that's a big old like pile of sad right there. Um, yes, it is. Um, that's like you know when Harry finds out that Sirius was like, "Nah, peace out. I don't want to be here." That's like what kind of just happened, but sadder. What is time to a god? But What's a god to a non-believer? Anyway. <laughs> don't believe in anything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sunglasses in Advil. Last night was mad real. Sun come up 5 a.m. I wonder if they got cabs still. I gotta pee real quick. Gabby. We'll wait for Coraline to get back. <laughs> I also have to pee. Now we can talk trash about Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and talk trash about Sarah. Man. I, yeah, I kind of assumed we were coming up on a break soon anyway, so I was just going to try and wait till Joe should be, stop recording yeah, and then go I mean, this, this recording's been two hours, so. <laughs> yeah. But to be well, fair, it's been a lot of ridiculously relevant information. Just some <laughs> crazy, like, I am, sh- I am like Yessi, shooketh. I was I was just shook at the prospect of like you know encountering and interacting with gods and then had the bombs of like other stuff dropped on me. Yeah. About their freaking yep. squabbles. This is way above our pay grade. It is, and like, it's so interesting. This is one of those moments where like Alric and Alric as a as a character and Steven as a player align, like. I, I have been thinking a lot recently about sort of geopolitics uh, because of two podcasts I listened to. Um, Worst Year Ever and Behind the Bastards, both of which involve Robert Evans, and they're incredible podcasts. But today I was listening to one where they interviewed this guy talking about um, violence against uh, Asian people in the United States over the past year or so, and how it's like escalated to a ridiculous degree. Um, and in it, he also sort of talked about, like, the history of even the term Asian Americans and all that. It's just been really, really interesting and got me, like, thinking about... I've been thinking a lot about American imperialism. That's a fun thing to come in on. <laughs> yeah, and thinking about how what we're doing makes me personally, Stephen, <laughs> uncomfortable, not just Ulrich. Ulrich has their own reasons to be uncomfortable, but, like, I also don't like this. Yeah. As I said, I also don't necessarily like the idea of having a ridiculously powerful godlike amount of arcaneness about us but at the same time would we rather it just be given to empress vamana I mean, also just like screw the gods man yeah that's fair They're just i mean like, like grimton completely agrees he's very torn yes he can't wait for grimton to become a god Cheers, bud. <laughs> okay, no, really though. Like, I was sitting here thinking. I was like, there is at least one <laughs> version of this in my brain where Alric is like, you know, almost. I forgot yeah. I'm on recording. Almost <laughs> scream, screamed the f word. Um, well, there's at least one version of this where I see Alric becoming something akin to one of the spirits, like a similar level of power, um, to just like 
low-key isolationist the watched forest in terms of like celestial interplay like keep the gods and low-key even maybe the spirits out of mortal affairs like mm -hmm. just let mortals do their thing yeah one of the things like that i think is interesting that i guess since you brought it up has made me thinking about it that we probably potentially could have asked and probably should have like it seems as though the watched forest is sort of already in isolation like area on the cusp because of the massive influence of the spirits in particular of that area yes but also they still impact the lives of people like they in Ulrich's mind do the thing that they don't want the gods to do and so yeah that's fair if, like if, every if Ulrich right if Ulrich were to become this it would be much more um, I, I'm, I'm always very fascinated by the, the Lady of Pain and uh, Sigil and how she's just like, hey, do your own thing, but if you break one of my rules, I'm going to murder you in a terrible way. And, like, that's kind of her whole thing. Like, she doesn't like to interfere with what, like, the goings on. She just don't want her rules broken, and that's it. And, like, I feel like that's kind of how Ulrich would become as, as some sort of, you know, deity of this, like, hey stay out of the out of this area this this is my area my people and like yeah. i'm gonna let them vibe and and live their life y'all don't come messing well, with them yeah i mean and, and it's been established already right in the cusp that anyone can potentially become a a god correct like if you have a strong enough following and like mm -hmm. devotion towards you so i wonder if it takes more or less to become a a spirit well, you know how uh, last rites that y'all are talking about, mm -hmm. like sent souls to Latherna, yeah, and the Raven Queen. Mm -hmm. The last rites that Morlinde had performed, excuse me, and that the Tempest Oath performed, send souls to join the ancestor spirits. Mm. Thereby, uh, well, not thwarting necessarily, but thwarting. Uh, I was gonna say thwarting the Raven Queen, but like I feel like she doesn't mind that necessarily. I Her feel job like is to rather... protect from undeath. Like, right? Yeah, she's like, all right, you might not be coming here, but at least you're going somewhere. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're not, you're not, a not zombie, wandering so that's the, fine. the realms. <laughs> Did you all come up with a plan on what to do next? <laughs> Excuse me. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Bless without you. Without boat. Yeah, thank you. Uh, without <laughs> boy. Arvindorian allergies are just wild up here, huh? In this garden? Yeah. Man. So much grass. I uh, can't get anywhere with yeah, so much. And the flowers are just... I've never seen anything like these. So, does Robert Louis, Louis, um, Louis Stevenson exist in the cusp? <laughs> sure. He goes by Bob in the cusp, though. Okay. Bob Lewis, son of Stephen. That's the author of Treasure Planet. Right, yeah. Was I, I, was, I was like waiting for the punchline. <laughs> you were you're waiting so expectantly. I mean, no, Angel was just talking about his love for Treasure Island, so obviously that means that it exists. 